0: I want to read from Luke 17 today. That's going to be our main text. And I want to ask a question today uh, in my sermon. And I've given my sermon the title which is like a question. And the question is where were the other 9? In Luke chapter 17, I'm reading from verse 11. I'm going to read all the way to verse 19 if you have your Bible. Read with me or follow with me. I'm reading from the New King James Version Bible. It reads as follows. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go thy way. Your faith has made you well. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. The story we have read is a very powerful story that I believe carries a very powerful theme of thanksgiving, but also the irony of ingratitude. We read about these 10 lepers who were in crisis, but sadly enough, when their fortunes changed, their responses were all not the same. I want us to make some few observations from this text, and I'd love for you, please, just to follow with me this morning. First of all, we read that these were 10 lepers. That's obvious. But I wanted to note that leprosy at this time was considered an incurable disease. And people who had leprosy were considered as being infectious. As a result, people with leprosy had to be quarantined, they had to practice safe distancing, they had to not relate with other people. Because at that time, There was no vaccine, no antibiotic to deal with leprosy. But also, leprosy in these days wasn't just leprosy as we know it today, but even other skin diseases that they didn't have a cure for, they were considered as leprosy. And so we see these 10 lepers, these 10 people who are in this condition. They have an incurable disease. There's no cure for that disease. And because of that disease, they have to behave in a certain way. And so it leads me to my second point. We note then in verse 12 that the Bible says these men were standing at a distance. They were standing far away from Jesus. Not only far from Jesus, but far away from the community. In short, they were quarantined. They were isolated. Leprosy is a disease that made you to be separated, separated from your loved ones, estranged and alienated from your community, just like we see it today with COVID-19. Somebody said, you know, COVID-19 is such a sad disease, such a sad infection, because when you get infected, you have to be isolated. You are there by yourself. You get sick by yourself. You are there by yourself. Even when you pass on. There are certain protocols where you cannot make contact with people. The corpse of the person has to be kept away. Everything is just by yourself. Imagine being in that situation. And as a result, because of these men's leprosies, when you read Leviticus chapter 13, it actually outlines in great detail what was to happen if somebody was found to be with leprosy. First of all, you had to wear torn clothes. So from a distance, people could see that you are the one who has leprosy. Now, we know very well how much society stigmatizes with you when they find out that you have a condition that cannot be healed. I mean, the many stories of people we've already heard about in our own communities who, because of having had COVID-19, they are stigmatized. Even if they have been cleared of the infection, even if the results have come back saying that they are negative, they have been stigmatized. You can imagine in these days, these lepers had to wear these torn clothes. Not only that, you had to wear your hair loose you couldn't make any stars I mean you really couldn't be trendy you just have to wear your hair loose because you have leprosy not only that people in these days also had to cover their lip their lips and then they had to cry out from anyone who approached them from afar they had to scream and shout unclean unclean doesn't that look like wearing a mask today where you have to cover your mouth and you have to make people aware They shouldn't come close to you. In fact, we are told that in these days, when you had leprosy, you had to keep a 50-meter distance away from people. Well, today they say two meters in the case of COVID-19. But they had to keep that distance so as to not make contact with people. But what was even more sad is when these people got quarantined, they were thrown out of the cities. Cities in these days had walls built around them and the control center of entering and exiting the city was the city gates. At the city gates, there were strict controls, just like we have around borders. We know under COVID-19, you can't go cross border without certain strict protocols. So it was in these days, there were these strict controls. So these people who had leprosy, invariably, they were thrown out of the city. Think about it, thrown outside the city, Where there's no shops, there's no malls, there's no houses, there's really nothing. In short, they were left outside of the city to die. Outside of the city, this is where you found dangerous animals that are prowling around. So in short, what they're doing is they are leaving these people outside, condemn them to death. So when people had leprosy, they lived alone. Their dwelling was outside the city gates. And the lepers, therefore, they were a people who were ostracized, marginalized, stigmatized, victimized. Maybe you're lying on a sickbed somewhere in hospital at home. Maybe you've isolated. Maybe you've quarantined. And that's how you feel right now. Marginalized, ostracized, stigmatized, victimized. Because somehow the community doesn't understand what you're going through, and because there's no vaccine yet of the COVID-19, people don't want to come close to you. But the worst stigma that these lepers had in these days we live in, there was a belief that when you got leprosy, it was because you were cursed of God. Think about it. Walking around with the stigma that you are cursed by God and that you are a sinner. So it is not strange when these lepers saw Jesus, they asked for mercy. They pleaded for mercy. They said, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. But these people lived with that. Ostracized by community, condemned by community, left out by community. But most of all, the only one who could be their help, who could be their source, it seemed like he's the one who's brought A curse on them and so you can think about these 10 lepers in this condition what i like about them is that even though they've been given this stigma they've been given this label even though society has already decided their only destiny is to die finally either they get killed by their disease or they get killed by hunger or they get killed by the animals that are wild out there Their destiny is already sealed. They didn't allow themselves to accept what society is saying. Because, you know, our societies have a way of making certain declarations, of putting finality on your life. They want to give you a sell-by date, an expiry date. They want to tell you this is what's going to happen. And if you listen to society and you do what society says, you'll find your life going down the drain. And so we don't, thirdly, that these lepers initiated contact with Jesus. Jesus didn't go to them. They went to Jesus. And I love the way the Bible says it. It says when they saw Jesus, they cried out to Jesus. In short, they were not ashamed. They didn't whisper. They didn't feel funny. Because you see, when you are desperate, you don't just, in a nice way, in a discreet way, Look for help. When you know that your life is coming to an end, all the protocols about being nice, about status, about being accepted, it falls out the window because now you are hanging between life and death and you are battling for your life. And these lepers, they cry out to Jesus and they say to him, Master, have mercy on us. In other words, they are demonstrating Absolute dependence on Jesus Christ. They are simply saying everything else could not help us. No vaccine, no help, no cure. Jesus, you're the only one. That sounds like what we've done during this time. We've called out to God because medical science tells us there's no vaccine yet. I know we do all the other things, the all the things we do. But at the end of the day, we call out to God and say, can you help us? And what Jesus does in response to their plea, it's an amazing thing. He does what we find in Leviticus 13. In Leviticus 13, the Bible clearly tells us that if a leper should by some chance get healed, once they know that they're healed, then and only then, they should present themselves to a priest who would examine them and then the priest would pronounce them well. That's like going doing the test again of COVID-19 and waiting for a number of days for it to come back, for the test to come back. They were to do that. And so the mere act of going to the priest, listen to this, important, presupposes that they are already healed. Listen to that carefully. When you go to the priest, you don't go there When you still have leprosy, you go there when the leprosy is healed. So when they make a plea to Jesus, Jesus in response to their plea, he pushes these people further, just like God will do. He pushes them into the arena of faith. He tells them, take a step to go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus is saying, when you've come to me, When you've asked me to help you, I will respond to you. And you need to take the step of faith and know that your prayers and your pleas have been heard. And I love what the Bible says. The Bible says, as they went, they were healed. As they went. They were not healed when they were standing there. They were not healed if they were trying to make sense of what Jesus said. They got healed when they took a step in line with what Jesus said. You know why? Because the word of God will always work. The command of God will always bring results. As they went, they asked Jesus to heal them. And Jesus prompts them to an act of faith. He throws the challenge back to them. And what I love about these lepers, they pick up this challenge of faith and so it was as they went imagine here you are you've been living in this condition for a long time away from your family away from your loved ones away from society you are considered as a stigmatized person there's no cure no hope night and day you are thinking about death you are thinking about the end of your life and all of a sudden everything changes Now, all of a sudden, you who was once isolated, you who was once estranged from everyone, you who was at a time living as an outcast, suddenly your condition by all means changes. Everything disappears right on the spot. Here's my question. What would be your first response? What would you do? And this is where the trouble starts. And it goes to the core of my message. The very thing that happens immediately when they are healed, we see these guys begin to operate differently. The irony here is that when they got healed, only one of them remembered what led to their recovery. Only one comes back to Jesus to say thank you. Only one comes back to Jesus to show his gratitude, and Jesus calls this guy a foreigner. Says this guy, a foreigner, he comes back. He's a foreigner, he is a Samaritan. You know, as human beings, it's so strange that when we are at the peak of our strength, when things are working for us, we can act so funny. We can be so strange. We can ostracize people. We can, we can isolate people. We can look at them as nothing. And isn't it funny that when they were all lepers, they were all hanging out together? Isn't it strange that when they were in crisis, when they were in trouble, they knew how to pray, like some of you now, you're praying? I, I ask that you shouldn't only pray now because of COVID-19. I ask you that you will pray even after the COVID-19 has gone. Isn't it funny what we do as human beings? And these guys expose exactly what we are as human beings. When it it comes to things being back in place, we have ways of behaving that are strange. But Jesus says, this guy, this stranger, this Samaritan, he came back to say thank you. And I love it because in verse 15, it describes this man's response When he came back to Jesus, remember, when he was asking Jesus, he shouted with a loud voice together with a group from afar. They shouted with a loud voice. See, when people are in crisis, they don't mind shouting. They don't mind asking for help. But when things are okay, they feel awkward about God. They feel funny about shouting to God. They feel strange about thanking God. But I love this guy because the Bible says in verse 15, verse 15, When he returned back, it says he returned and with a loud voice he glorified God. That's the first thing he did. The first thing he did wasn't to throw a wild party and have some alcohol in his home. The first thing he did wasn't to run to somebody else. The first thing he did was to run back. To the God who had helped him. And I love this guy. Because in spite of everybody looking on. He shouts out publicly loudly. And with a loud voice glorifies God. And in verse 16 the Bible says. He fell down with his face. At the feet of Jesus giving him thanks. You can see this is not something that has been rehearsed this is not a nice way of kneeling down where you are worried about what you are wearing this means intensity and power this speaks of fervency this speaks of a heart that overflows thanksgiving that's translated into action this guy doesn't care what anybody says about him he falls at the feet of Jesus and he says thank you how we fail to say thank you how we fail To show intensity in saying thank you once more. Jesus says, how come? How come that this foreigner comes back? You'll understand the significance of that. Jesus is taken aback that out of the ten, only one comes back. That out of the ten, the only one who comes back is this Samaritan, this foreigner. But then Jesus goes further. He says to this guy, you know what? Because you've come back, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. He didn't make those statements. He didn't make that statement to the other nine. The other nine, he just told them, go to the priests. It is clear they got healed. There's no question as to whether did their healing manifest. Their healing did manifest. And there's no way where it says God took it back. Because they didn't come back to say thank you. But to this one who came back to say thank you. Jesus says, with you, it's not just about the healing of your body. But something has happened on the inside of you. Not only has God healed your body. God has saved your soul. I hope some of you, because of what God's done. And he has brought you through COVID-19. That not only will you thank God for the healing of your body, but you will do something about your heart in making sure Christ becomes the center of your life, the Savior and the Lord of your life. Jesus is saying, what you have done is not just an external show of looking at what happens externally, but what you've done right now is to focus on what happens internally. You know what what has happened during lockdown? What the lockdown has taught us It has forced us to examine our walk with God that if our faith in God is based on receiving outward external things or if our faith in God is still enriched when we can still pray to God from home when we can still serve God when nobody is seeing us, when we can still raise our hands, even in spite of the fact that we've lost a child, we've lost a neighbor, somebody in our home has passed on in spite of our prayers, we can still raise our hands and still thank God that our service to God is a service from our hearts. It's not based on the benefits. It's not based on the good things that are given to us, but it's based on a heart that loves God all in all. And that's the question I want to ask. Is our faith in God a matter of an outward show or is it a matter of a transformed heart, a heart filled with gratitude, a heart filled with thanksgiving to God? Now, this story in Luke chapter 17, as we read it further, we note three ironies that I want to quickly talk about. As we read the story of the nine men and this one guy who came back to say thank you, there are three ironies. First of all, the question is, where were the nine lepers? And I want to talk about irony number one. I think these guys thought that they were entitled to being healed. I'll tell you why. The Bible doesn't give us much detail about the nine guys. We get a little bit of more detail about the one guy. We know, first of all, his gender. The Bible tells us it was a man. We know his ethnicity. We know the Bible tells us he was a Gentile. He was a Samaritan. We also know about his health status. The Bible tells us he was a leper. But the other nine, all we know is that they were lepers. Now, very interesting. Many Bible scholars, the majority of them, do agree that when you read this text, it presumes that the other nine lepers must have been of jewish descent now if you go back into the story of this time and the setting of this text and the history of this text jesus came in his own words to the lost ship of israel when he preached and when he ministered his ministry mainly came exclusively and directly to the people of god now It wasn't, of course, to exclude the Gentiles. We do see many Gentiles receiving from Christ. But Jesus actually came, first of all, to those who were Jewish. You remember the Greek-speaking woman, the Syrophoenician woman, who came to Christ to ask that Jesus should bring healing to the child. And she said, my child is grievously tormented. Can you do something? What does Jesus say? Jesus says, it's not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs in other words jesus says this bread belongs to the children it is the children's bread it belongs to them could it be that maybe the other nine the reason they didn't come back is because they felt entitled they felt healing was supposed to be for them i mean if god heals anybody heal me the church going person heal me who sits and sings in the choir Heal me who is the minister and the pastor and the bishop. Heal me who goes to church every day. Heal me because I tithe every time. God, heal me. And they had this sense of entitlement. But it's amazing that when we read this test, when Jesus was traveling at this time, the Bible says he was walking between Samaria and Galilee. So it was a place that was between two places. And it appears as though these 10 lepers, As they came to Jesus, it's quite obvious it was all 10 of them who came to Jesus. Which means when crisis was there, when an incurable disease was there, class and status and ethnicity didn't matter whatsoever. They could hang out with a Samaritan guy okay they could hang out they could hang out with this guy that they call a dog and they call a foreigner because there is something about suffering that suffering has a way of equalizing us and putting us all on the same level and on the same status but all of a sudden when they get healed if you got healed at this place if you were Jewish you could run back to Jerusalem to go to the temple and show yourself to the priest there if you were Samaritan you could go Go over to Mount Gerizim and go to the temple there and show yourself there. So it's quite amazing that all of a sudden now when healing comes, all of a sudden we see cultural issues coming into play. Ethnic issues coming into play. Religious divides coming into play. And we see they all kick into action. And so Jesus is looking at all this. And Jesus is so aware of this. And so when he called this guy and is saying, how come that this foreigner can do it? Jesus is saying, it's amazing that there are people who feel entitled. We feel entitled that God should do certain things for us. But you know, the God that we serve is a God who loves everybody. It's a God who is a God of everyone. These men whose condition had forced them, to live together beyond their cultural and ethnic differences, and they suffered together. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they were now divided. I like the way Luke writes, because Luke, remember, was a follower of Christ, but he himself was a Gentile. He wrote the book of Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. And when you read these two books, one of the things that you find Luke, having talked about, is to really highlight how God was a God who includes all people. He shows very often when he writes in the book of Luke how Jesus related with women, included women. Jesus included Gentiles, included children. Jesus included lepers. Even the passage that we are reading, it really shows us that Jesus would go against all the cultural divides and he would always be able to include other people. But it's funny that as soon as people are back on their feet, they manifest the old ways. The nine manifest the old ways and they go ahead and show this kind of exclusion. However, Jesus did heal people. These nine... They ran for the gift. They forgot about the one who's the giver. Could it be that because they felt that they were the children of Abraham, they deserved more than others? Could it be that maybe they felt our job is to continue in wrong. God's job is to heal us no matter what we do. Could it be that they had that kind of attitude? But the second thing, which is a a sad thing, is the irony of estrangement. The Bible tells us that this man, Was a Samaritan. And when Luke writes. In many of his writings in Luke. He writes about the estranged people. He writes the parable of the prodigal son. Who was estranged from his father. He writes as well the parable of the good Samaritan. And now we find him writing the story about the ten lepers. Also when you read the book of Luke. You find him in Luke 7. He talks about the Roman centurion. Who was a Roman. But he came to Christ looking for healing for his servant. And Jesus didn't ostracize. In Luke chapter 10, he talks about the good Samaritan. Why? Because Luke is trying to make the point that God is a God who accepts everybody. God is a God who will reach out to everybody who is in need. And you see, whoever you are, God wants to reach out to you. God wants to touch you. God wants to move on your life. Even if you didn't go to church, even if you don't call on the name of Christ, maybe you lived in a way that is not the greatest way of living. But God is right there where you are. And God is saying to you, I want to reach out to you. And Jesus is saying that, that even if you feel like you are disqualified like this Samaritan, this Samaritan feels I am doubly estranged. Number one, I'm a leper. Number two, I'm a Samaritan. But in God's eyes, you are not excluded. And I want you to know that you are not excluded. And in conclusion, the third irony is the irony of the gospel. And I'll explain what I mean. These lepers, they were sent outside the city, outside the city gates, outside there, away from everybody. You know what I love about the gospel is that the one who died for us, when he died for us, he was outside the city, outside, estranged, away. The same one when they crucified him on the cross. People who are crucified on the cross, it was a sign that they became a curse. And this same Jesus, according to the book of Hebrews, he died outside the city. He died according to the Galatians as one who was carrying our curse and he became a curse for us. You know, sometimes when we read the gospel, we try to sanitize it we try to dilute it as to the gruesomeness of it or some of the details that's in it. That the death of Jesus was a shameful death. He was considered as a skunk of society. He was cast apart, spit upon, and ostracized. But even in that act, he was being ostracized. He was being spit upon for you and me to be accepted by God. For you and me to receive healing, soundness, and wholeness. This same gospel, that is... That is bought and paid for by someone who has been ostracized by the name of Christ. It is the same gospel that changes us. And the nice thing about it is that the same Jesus who was ostracized is the same Jesus who's reached out to us. It is the same God that three weeks ago we decided together. We're going to call upon his name. We're going to have prayer nonstop. 24 hours, and we are going to pray. We're going to call upon him and ask him to intervene because we are experiencing the leprosy of our time. COVID-19, that's killing people, and people are not recovering. And for three weeks, as we all gathered together, prayed. The first week, we were all on Facebook. The next two weeks, we were all in our prayer chains, and we've continued to do so. I want to ask you a question. Can you tell me one more reason why we cannot today pause and say thank you to him and say thank you to him? Thank you, God, that the numbers are going down. Thank you, God, that in the three provinces the numbers are going down. Thank you, God, that 78% of people are recovering now. Thank you, God, that it looks like we are coming out of the woods. We, our first response We'll not be to run to other things, but we will be to run to you, God, and say thank you in Jesus' name.